I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayer National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal on location at Sayre National. Hanging out here in the sports bar at Sayre National. It's going to be a gorgeous day, so come on out and get you some golf in. Uh, as we're kind of starting to turn the corner into springtime, I was just thinking driving in, uh, I, wa- I was wondering, one, I wonder what day they're going to aerate the greens. I know the answer to that. That'll be Wednesday. Uh, And then two, gosh, we're so close to starting to see the hue of the grass start to change Mm -hmm. from that dormant, yellow, ugly, gross color to the vibrant green of spring and summertime. So, I'm already seeing trees bloom. Yep, it's starting to come, and it's going to be nice most of the week. I mean, there's a chance of rain, I think, in the middle of the week. Uh, but uh, plenty of time. It's going to be gorgeous. Of course, the, the Saturday scramble is still going on here for another couple of weeks uh, before the Thursday night kicks off. I know the time changes on Sunday, uh, so that lets those nights get a little longer, and we're getting closer uh, to Saturday being over and Thursday starting up this Saturday, this past Saturday. Man, it feels like we say Cody Kilgore's name every Monday morning in here. He was, again, on the winning team. Cody Tucker, Bill Haas, uh, Billy Haas, uh, Cade Burns, Cody Kilgore, and Jacob Allen were your winners on Saturday. So congratulations to those fellas. Looks like Bill ha- uh, looks like Billy Haas had his uh, entire, entire family out. Cute kids. They might have played for him. Help the team. <laughs> you think? <laughs> you never know. Uh, but congratulations to them. And uh, that'll, that'll keep going a couple more weeks, and then it'll be time for the Thursday nights to kick off and the golf season to start. Also, don't forget, a couple of tournaments coming up right here at the first of the golf season, okay? Um, Easter weekend, which is April 8th, that Saturday is April 8th, is the Sayre Alumni Golf Tournament. It's a 1 o'clock shotgun start, two-person teams, $100 entry fee for the team. Call the pro shop to get in. Or call or text here uh, a couple of numbers, 580-729-5296, or right here at the clubhouse, 580-928-9046. So once again, if you want to play in that Sarah Alumni two-man golf tournament coming up April 8th, it's a 1 o'clock shotgun start after the parade, Everybody kind of gets to go have lunch, and then it's time to to hit the links after that. Um, It is 580-729-5296 or 580-928-9046 out here at the golf course. Also that night, the 2023 Sayre Alumni Bash. It's out here on the back patio. It's a heck of a fun time each and every year. Dean Jackson Band will be playing Eight o'clock to midnight. You got to be twenty-one. The beers will be flowing. The stories will be being told of back in the day. <laughs> back in my day, we had this at David Tigner's house or something like that. Instead, everybody will be out here hanging out. Um, Ten-dollar wristbands can be had, and it's it, it is a fun time. I've been out here a couple of times for that myself, uh, enjoying the Sarah alumni. And then also at the end of April. 
That is 29th and 30th of April. The four-man, the Bob, is going to happen. The second annual Bob. So, four-man, same uh, same phone number, 580-928-9046 to get signed up. <clears throat> All right, Jared. As you could tell, my voice isn't quite back. I'm, I'm still <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what happened on Saturday. Because it's I not, hear that last game, your voice was, was just progressively, well, not progressively, just slowly. There's nothing progressive about you losing your voice, yeah. but just slowly kind of getting rougher and rougher. Was I just too excited about the diesel? I think so. Did I get too pumped up at the first I mean, the diesel was well, knocking down no, threes? Not just that, but the, the game itself was, was pretty fun, and, and we're in that environment where I think we feel like we have to push our voice more because it's so big. There's so many people there. On my, my, uh, my watch, it tells me when you're in a loud environment, yeah. right? And more than once that went off in that game, during that game, so... I think that's part of it. You know, we're like, am I not loud enough? They can't hear me. I, they can't hear me in there. And I went back and listened. Yeah, you can hear us. Just it always fine, sounds but. louder in our earphones than it probably does over the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, what a, what nah, a worth, great. it's worth the sacrifice. What a great Saturday. Championship Saturday. It was different than, you know, last year. It was tight games, Cinderella stories all throughout the day, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he had three, three games decided at the buzzer, and then the other one was an unranked team winning the state title for only like the third time in the history of Oklahoma high school basketball. This year, it was more of we kind of got what we thought we might get as far as the, the seedings. Every single number one seed won the tournament. Fort Cobb on the Class B boys' side, Sealing yeah. Class A girls, Hammond Class B, bo- Class B girls, and then Caddo. And the Class A boys. So that, that doesn't happen all the time, but it did, it, it did on Saturday. Let's start with uh, the local story, obviously, Hammond. Uh, the Lady Warriors, <clears throat> it seemed like once the playoffs started, then things were turned up a notch for Hammond. It and did. they just rolled through to a state title. I mean, even... You got the sense that even at halftime up 19 against Lomega, because it's Lomega and it's because it's that tradition rich, you knew they weren't just going to fold and it turned into a complete runaway. Got down to what I think is close to seven at one point. Yeah. Uh, maybe there in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the Lady Warriors always had the answer. The, the story on, uh, for a lot of people, I'm sure, and, and when you watch Hammond play, they have a player that nobody else has. And that's Henley West. Obviously, at six foot four, the sophomore heck on Saturday night, early on in the game, they ran a baseline inbounds, couldn't kind of get what they wanted, so they just flipped it up to her at the top of the key. She took a dribble back and drained a three, <laughs> and that's when he, I, I immediately looked at Llewellyn, Kevin Llewellyn, the coach at Omega. He just kind of shook his head and smiled, like, "What do you do? <laughs> we we can't do anything with her on the block." And now she's going to start hitting threes and throw up your hands it's, and go it's home. It's funny I guess. you mentioned that because I was watching her in the pregame hitting some threes mm-hmm. and, and it was it was a pretty shot you know oh. and i thought man if, if she can do that too she's the complete package and everybody in the country is going to want her but and i asked uh the guys uh ed and kenneth who called the games for him and all season long by the way kudos those guys they did a great job all season i asked them how many threes has she hit because he kept you know they kept oh, yeah. detailed stats and he brings it up on his ipad uh yeah she only she's only hit two she's like two of 15 oh really the entire season Boy, it looked like she knew what she was exactly. doing way more and, than that. I mean, so I just, said boom. that before the game, before they even went on air, she hits that one, and I'm looking at those guys. They're looking at me just grinning ear to ear, just <laughs> almost chuckling. Just, I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I felt smart because I was like, hey, I think that might come out today, and it did. It was, and it kind of set the tone for the entire game. I've, I've always said it. I said it going in, or not going in. As the weekend went on, I said, this team, you know, a lot of people – you know, say it's it's a business trip to go to the state tournament. You got to get a job done, but it looked like they were there. Yeah, getting that job done, but having fun. Yeah, and that showed. I think all three games, especially the first one against Lee. Yes, it was a lopsided score, but even I mean, they were all smiles and having fun, and and 
Buffalo Valley, same thing. I saw Coach Beer before the game on Saturday, and I told her that. I told you that when we had breakfast. I said, and I told her that. I said, it just looks like I've seen you coaching these games in this building a lot. This year it's different because it looks like you're having fun. She goes, it is fun. This should be a fun trip. It's no fun throwing up before every game. She said, I used to do that. And now I'm just having fun. I think it started with her, and it and it oozed down to her players, which fun, and it was fun. Obviously, it's fun to win, but it, they were confident, and it, they were easy to root for, too, just the way they were playing and having fun. And But uh, congratulations, Hammond. That was a – Heck of a run. They're playing their best ball at the right time. Yeah, and, and West is West, but yeah. I say that to point this out. In my opinion, Maylee Cheney is the one that made that thing go. She Yes, she's very, she very good. Just, it, it, it just seemed like she was more of a calming force, mm-hmm. you know, kind of when, when things kind of started going south a little bit, even on Saturday, Lomega started to make a push back into the game. She was the one just kind of grabbing her teeth, you know, settle down, we're fine. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes you see that, and we did see that in the Caddo ceiling game where there was more of a frustration at a teammate versus a calming nature and just like, hey, we're fine, we're fine. And and I think a lot of that uh, is kudos to her. It just, man, as a senior, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, Coach Beer, when she was on with us last week, downplayed a little bit of the the revenge angle or the you know using that last year's loss but man i i think it was more there than she would let on because it's when in the buffalo valley game as soon as that was over you could see this joy and not relief though because they were they were more fun loving it didn't you didn't feel as if hammond was putting a bunch of pressure on themselves internally to go win the state title. It just didn't – you didn't feel it. And, and, you, and you can feel that from some teams, right? Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can feel it. But you're right. They were just so much more just fun-loving and easygoing and, and laid back. And the moment was certainly not too big for them, even though, you know, you're playing one of the <clears> – <throat> one of the, the most storied, girl, storied girls programs in the history of high school basketball. And Jeremy's right. And, and another player – Harley Binkley, it seemed like the ball found her, mm-hmm. especially in key moments. She knocked down where you're thinking, man, Lomega's back within, you know, 12. Hammond needs a bucket. And it, Binkley hit a bunch of those, uh, hit a couple of those threes there to kind of push it back to 15, you know, push it back to 14 or whatever yeah. it was. And so it, it was clearly an all-around performance by the Lady Warriors. Uh, and, and a cool scene that you mentioned was we were driving home uh, with back to Coach Beer a little bit. You wonder how much that laid back the, the the joy has to do when you look over there on the bench mm. and you see your daughter Tabor and her son with her on that bench, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, 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 that just that has to uh, almost calm you just a little bit, or, or maybe you know, maybe it's one of those where she's looking, going, "Well, I don't want to do something my kids will not like." You know what I mean? You, you don't That's know what, you, like yeah. what's going through. You know, subconsciously or whatever, but I mean, I, I her, think that I think has one of her, to help. her granddaughters was, I think Tate's daughter, yeah. was a ball ball girl, right. sitting on the bench with them too. That's a that's pretty cool. And then you got sisters on that team, that's you know, right. Espinosa's, you know, Crabshaws didn't they got in, yeah, in the and first two games, but McIntyre, there was there was a group, McIntosh, yeah, McIntosh, yes, yes, yeah, and there was just sisters up it was and down, the, yeah, and, and she talked about that. The both times she was on with us, how much of a family it felt, you know, mm-hmm. and that and, and that's what they portrayed outwardly as well. When you watched them play, man, they were just it, it was. We we both picked them to win, and I don't know how much that was a quote unquote homer pick or sure. or, or, yeah. or what have you, but once you actually got to see them up there and see the other teams, they were the best team, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. They were the best team up there, and and t- there's times where that ends up causing problems just mentally and, and the grind of it. Mm-hmm. It didn't for them. And so kudos to Coach Beer and the Lady Warriors. Just an awesome performance throughout the tournament. Uh, and they were, they were certainly, in my mind, the, the cream of the crop in Class B girls this year. And they take home the title um, back to Hammond. Second time uh, under Coach Beer. Third time as a school on, in girls basketball. So that's two since 2018 and 2023, and they've been there a ton. And, you know, with West, obviously losing Cheney, losing 
Espinosa losing uh, Harley Binkley. That'll be th those are losses that'll be tough to replace. But at the same time, you also get a whole other year of development from her. And then how much does she? She affects the game in so many ways, <clears throat> helping the others pull along uh, up yeah. with her as they move throughout next year. Listening but, uh, to just Coach, awesome. Listening to Coach Beer on the other guys. Uh, I w went and rewatched it last night, and um, just to see what she said. Uh, you know what we if there's anything we haven't heard and she said that I mean they're blowing up her phone they're said so they're in the building they're meeting her at the end of the hallway asking um, they being scouts and recruiters mm -hmm. and stuff like that I mean she, they're in on her so I'm anxious to see can she I mean she's good she's real good can she get better and if she can oh my goodness well I can tell you this she got a lot better from last year to this year. She did, yes. A lot better. She did. And, and part of that's just growing up and catching up with yeah. the coordination part mm -hmm. of it. You know, the one thing somebody asked me, like, what, what, do you, what can she not do or what, you know what I'm saying? The only thing that you really saw her not do was dribble against the press. And she was obviously the outlet against the press, but it was more of a catch, turn, fired up the floor. You didn't see her have to really handle the ball. I mean, it for good reason. She didn't need to because there was somebody streaking down one side or the other that was wide open and you could just pass it to them. Right. So that's the one thing you didn't really see. Even down in the post, uh, you know, she did what, what post players are taught and that is keep the ball high. You never saw her bring it, bring down. it down. Never. Yeah. And so, you know, if there is a situation where, you know, you catch the ball with your back to the basket, you know, one dribble and get around somebody, you never saw that and didn't have to see it because she was so good at just keeping it up high and not letting anybody affect her. And so that's, that's not a negative, but that's the one thing you didn't see uh, so far Yeah, is, is handling the ball, dribbling the ball. Um, More than once this turn, we saw her go underneath the hoop. Yeah, and a little kind reverse layups. I saw her warm, doing that in warm-ups, not Saturday night, probably Friday night or Thursday. And, I mean, it's not, and, you know, the first time she did it, everyone oozed and awe. I was like, whoa, look at that. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. I just watch her in the warm-up do it over and over again. <laughs> she did it twice. And she, she's got such a soft touch. Uh, you know, yeah, that little mid-range jumper is nice. That's, yeah. that's the, I mean, just around the basket, you know, a really soft touch. Yeah. But, yeah, she can step out. But when she can set, con consistently catch it at the free-throw line, turn and just stroke it in, yeah. like Jeremy said, it's unstoppable at that point. Especially if she, then she can add the element of, you know, almost pump fake that and step around you mm -hmm. to the goal. Then it's yep. then it's night night and you're gonna see Gino Oriama and everybody <laughs> else be, in the gym. I mean, uh, when when she gets a little bit older. If the state schools aren't on, in on her already, they need to be. And and I and if she can get better, I mean, every there's gonna be some big time coaches wanting her. I, I, it's the the potential is definitely there. Is right, there. Let's step aside. We'll come back. We'll talk about the rest of the games on state championship Saturday uh, from the class A and B state tournaments this weekend. Also look ahead. Uh, man, what a disappointing end to a what was looking to be a fantastic season for the Meredith with the Reds. We can hit that. Weatherford in the, uh, the state tournament on the boys' side. Also, Obert, the Bearcats are there. Hanging out at Sarah National. Skinny on Sports on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The Sports Bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal, hanging out at Sayre National here this morning. Saw one pickup in the parking lot. I'm surprised there's not already more. It's going to be a gorgeous day. Come on out, hit the links, play golf, come in afterwards. You've got the uh, sports bar area in here. Also, the back room for banquets, I'm sure. As, as I mentioned, that uh, alumni tournament coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see one of the classes. I have a little get-together, a little function in the back here. It's definitely open for that uh, on Friday night, especially with Saturday being everybody being out here, you know, and uh, – and join the Dean Jackson band there at the at the alumni bash. 
April 8th, two-man. April 29th and 30th, the Bob is a four-man. So spots are going to run out. If you don't get involved, spots will be short. So 580-928-9046 if you want to get involved in either one of those golf tournaments towards the Sunday or the Saturday scramble. Still going on, but we're getting closer and closer to those Thursday nighters uh, once the time changes this weekend. Days get longer. Be more of a time to be able to play on Thursday. I can't remember if Jimmy has told me what the date. Jimmy, if you're listening, when is that changing? When's the first Thursday night scramble? Seems like it might be right at the first of uh, like end of March, first week of April or so, when they're going to transition to the Thursday nighters. Um, Jared, the other games in Class A and B in the finals on Saturday. Scott Hines moves into a tie for third all time with his eighth state title at Fort Cobb. Uh, he ties uh, Tommy Griffin, actually, uh, Blake and, hmm. and Taylor's dad, uh, for third all-time in boys' basketball state championships. His eighth at Fort Cobb as the Mustangs uh, defeat Calumet 68-52. Uh, Blake Nunn was kind of the unsung unsung hero. He was the hero, but he was not going in. Nobody really uh, would have picked him to be the guy that propelled the Mustangs, but that just shows you uh, to me how good that program is under Scott and, and how consistent they've been. 18 trips to the state tournament in 24 years that he's been there. Now the eighth time they've hoisted the gold ball. Uh, but that, that the Fort Cobb stuff was good. Obviously the Willits family with the, the tornado hitting their ranch the Sunday before, a week ago Sunday. Uh, lots, of, lots of stuff going on there uh, for them. So it, cool to see that story work out. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about Calumet. <laughs> because no. with the youth that they had on that team, what they've got coming back not only next year, but even clear down into the junior high ranks. I know Jacob was telling us about his son uh, that's going to be back uh, up, in, up in the varsity next year as a freshman, some seventh graders as well. Uh, that could be something that we see. You know, Sometimes those teams kind of ping-pong back and forth between A and B, but if they stay in the same class, that could be something we see a couple of times over the next handful of years with Fort Cobb and Calumet in that finals against each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, what you just said about Calumet. Because um, I kind of raised my eyebrows when you said he has a a junior high program that's about to really blow up, and and then with all that youth that he put on the court this weekend, that tells me they they're going to be in that building. Well, they're going to be in that tournament for quite some time. So kudos to um, to Coach Mayfield, or uh, yeah, and um, you know getting them all the way. I mean, imagine if they could have stole one, you mm, know, yeah, and then what kind of run they could put together. I mean, we're talking like a a run similar to what Ceiling was used to doing, if they can, if what we're saying it comes true. So, but kudos for getting all the way to Saturday, though, with that young group. I well, mean, still bringing home a silver ball with that group. That gives them a drive going in the next year, right? It can only help. Uh, the further you advance, it can only help. You know, we talked about that with, with Coach Broadman about being able to, to get on that floor with a young team, even though it didn't work out. Still, the experience of it, you're, you're ready to, you're always ready for the next time, right? And mm-hmm. then, so that's not only getting to the tournament, but also now you get into the finals. Oh, yeah, you'd think that that would motivate those guys immensely to get back in that spot and, and be the second team to get their medals instead of the first team to get their yeah. medals uh, coming up not only next year, but then, gosh, there, there's a run coming for Calumet and Jacob Mayfield there. Uh, so, we'll just see exactly yeah. what it turns out to be, but there's, that's going to be a team that's going to be in the state tournament a bunch of times for the next handful of years. Yeah, somebody once told me one time that, and it was hard to see it in the moment, but when you get to a, to a championship game like that, you're winners, no matter what. You're winners. And, and someone, I said, no, no, you got to win this thing. We got, we're here. We need to win this thing. I'm like, no, Jared, we're going to walk away with hardware, one. Two, whatever happens, there's going to be a drive for those kids. You know, it, with youth, you know, obviously seniors. It, and, it, and it wraps up a great career for seniors, too. I know you want to win the gold ball. But but so that drive, I think, for Calumet is going to be there. And they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for quite some time. Ceiling, speaking of force to be reckoned with, uh, <laughs> back-to-back state championships for Coach Hamer. Um, gosh, we got to think, what is that, six and eight years for Ceiling, the four with the girls. Uh, Hydro Weekly took two, and then now we're back with sealing two more. Go ahead and uh, listen. I know you got to play the games. I get it. Book it. <laughs> Book it for number three next year because they've got everybody back. Uh, and then after that, 
it may, it may be a reloading situation uh, for Coach Brady Hamer. But, you know, what's crazy about Sealing to me is watching them on Saturday, I thought they played good for a quarter. That I second know. quarter, they were awesome. And then everything, the rest of the game was just kind of do do do, and they yeah. went by fourteen. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Emily Robinson from Caddo. Uh, she was the best player in the tournament individually. I, I tallied it up. She had eighty points and thirty nine rebounds in the three games. So that's averaging basically twenty seven and thirteen every time she hit the floor. Uh, she was awesome. You can tell why she's going to ORU. But ceiling just too much, just way too much uh, for from the Lady Cats. Yeah. Also. That last game, man, that was a fun game. Caddo and OK. I'm going to say this right now, and if you put it in your memory banks, fine. If you don't, it's your own fault. But when, you're, when we get to this next year and everybody's trying to get their eight for state and then pick, don't forget about OK. That's all I'm going to say. They're going to be back. They were a young team. Uh, and Caddo, quite frankly, was fairly young, too. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that game again next year at the Big House uh, in the final year of the Big House because DJ Dill was just better. He was just better in scoring, he was assisting, the, rebounding. He was yeah. just the total. And, and Coach Clark, he, he's, okay, he said it for the game. Yeah. They've, got the, a, yeah. they've got the dynamic player. Can we slow him down? And they did a pretty good job. For the most of the game, he started out great. In the middle, it was kind of, you know, kind of back, not a ton. And then at the end, not only the two dunks, but also the assists that he was able to create with all the attention, uh, really unselfish for him. Uh, and uh, Cato was just a little bit better than okay. But that's, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that game again next year. I, I, actually, you know what? Both boys' games, I mean, no one's ruling Fort Cobb out at any point in life. Calumet, we talked about their youth. Those two teams in the Class A were pretty young uh, for the most part. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Caddo and OK going at it again, even on Saturday next year, because those two teams were fun. The Diesel, Ducky, DJ, boy, it was fun. That one, that was one of the most fun games I've ever been a part of calling, uh, just with, with the anticipation. The, oh, it's well, up it, and down. It's a blast. It just for our, what we liked, I mean, just it was the all-name team <laughs> for all of them in, in – but, yeah, the game delivered, too. The game delivered. It and, did. Uh, good catch by Joe Wynn. How about Trip Higgins? Yeah. He Dude, went like 13 or 12. He had 13 threes 13. at halftime. Yeah. Uh, for the $1,000. He's an eighth grader. He's so an eighth grader. That's right. Keep an eye and on him. How, how, do you, how would you feel if you're the kid from Omega? You're sitting there watching the, before people hit like two, three. He hit eight. He hit eight, eight of them. Eight or nine, and he got smoked. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Trip, I saw him hit his 12th, and he kind of saluted the crowd, and then he looked up, and he saw he had more time. They threw him, and he went in and <laughs> he another one. I don't know if they count. Did they count? <laughs> yeah, they counted. They yeah, did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. As you know, Hammond swept the whole deal there uh, with that three-point contest and also the gold ball. So, I saw uh, his mom um, put some on Facebook, and he <clears throat> quoting him saying, this is a dream come true. Yeah, I mean, how cool is that yeah. as an eighth grader to get out on that floor and start knocking down threes? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Very fantastic. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have, we'll switch more to the statewide, nationwide sports scene with the ultimate Jim Traber coming up here uh, after the break. You think right. we could actually get him to talk about Bedlam women's hoops? I don't know. And maybe. the controversy that happened there. How about uh, Texas Tech? There's some oh, wild boy. stuff going on out there. John ja Morant. John ja Morant. There's some wild stuff. And the Thunder. <laughs> I want to get his eyes. Yeah. I, I saw him with my own eyes last night. Skinny on Sports hanging out at Sayre National. Coming back next. I know. You're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayer National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out at Sayre National here this morning. Jimmy Clark updated me. April 1st is the last Saturday scramble. April 6th is the first Thursday night. 
So that's coming up with the time change coming. Also, as I mentioned early, uh, earlier on the 8th, which is Wednesday, this Wednesday, course will be closed because they're going to aerate the greens, punch the greens, sand them, and all that kind of stuff. So that will be, the course will be closed uh, on Wednesday of this week, but you can still play the Saturday scrambles throughout March, April 1st, the last one, then the 6th on Thursday, and of course those tournaments on the 8th and the 29th and 30th of April. Joining us now is the voice that you'll hear right here on these airwaves, 2 o'clock. It's the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how you doing? I'm okay. I used to hate uh, when they aerated the greens, man. That was, I know they have to, but uh, it would be such a pain when you go out there afterwards, you know? You'd have those little, like, almost look like dog poop deals laying around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. And, it, and it always comes at the first of the season where you're just chomping at the bit to, like, get back out. It's starting to warm up. The grass is starting to turn green. And then you go out and you just got a bunch of sand and holes all over the green. So it's a little bit frustrating for sure. Now uh, you guys went away again. I don't know what happened. Let me see here. Da, 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 da. I hear you again. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. You guys just go away. I think sometimes it's just this building. It's the building. Yeah, we're in a tin building out here with the internet. Okay. Uh, hey, I got a couple of things. I went to the Thunder game last night. Okay. And, and I have a couple of observations that I want to see kind of where you would be at, okay? Okay. Number one, if Josh Giddy can shoot 35% from three for his career, he will make an all-star game. I think there's a chance of that. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, listen, what's amazing about the three-point shot, guys, is you can look at these dudes like Westbrook and Giddy and uh, a lot of these other guys that don't have real good – I mean, Dort is the perfect example. When you go back and look, you know, they go 0 for 4, 1 for 4, 1 for 3, 1 for 5, 1 0 for 5, and then they go 4 for 5. Mm-hmm. Well, because you only have to get 35%, that four for five just bumps you up so quick, you know? So, you know, when, when I argue on the radio with, um, uh, with uh, uh, Barry Trammell, and he'll all bring up, well, Dort's shooting 34%, but go back and look at it, you know, at 34.5%. But if you go back and look at it, it it's, there's no consistency. That's what I want to see from Giddy. Yeah, last night, man, he was awesome. Four for six for three. It changes the game for him, and it changes the game for the Thunder if he can do that. Because you saw last night, they just left him wide open. Yeah. Um, the problem is, normally, he comes out tomorrow night and will go 0 for 4, you know, or 1 for 6, or whatever. Now, I do like the fact that it seems like when he's not shooting the ball well, he doesn't shoot as much now. You know, it's Dort doesn't care. Dort will miss seven in a row, and then he'll shoot his eight. He doesn't care. Uh, I think that he, uh, you know, he, he kind of says, well, maybe I shouldn't shoot this because I'm not shooting well. And I know that that's probably not a great attitude, but I think it helps the team. So, yeah, I agree with you. If he could shoot over 35%, he would be an all-star caliber player with the other parts of the game. Now, his defense, like I said, it's just not as good. And I don't know if that's ever going to change. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't argue with you on that. Okay, number two, for, I didn't realize how big Santa Clara Williams is until you see him in person. That dude is way bigger than I thought. Yeah, he's big, and he can do a lot of stuff. Yes. I so, love his aggressiveness. I love the way he'll slam in people's face. I will say this. Nobody wants to hear this, but he's starting to cry the officials a lot more now. I, I just It's just mind-boggling to me how I said, oh, I love this team, and they don't do that, and now it's just getting worse and worse. I guess as you get better, you know, you start to cry more. If you watch a game last night, almost every call, he was looking at the ref and putting his hands in the air. But I'm telling you, fellas, he is. He, um, listen, we keep talking about this guy's an all-star, this guy's an all-star. I mean, you know, you're not going to get three all-stars on one team, especially right. if you're only like a four or five or six seed and stuff like that. So for all these dudes to get to where we think they can get, they're going to have to play some incredible basketball. I mean, they're going to have to get back in there. And as a matter of fact, correct me if I'm wrong, what Russell and Westbrook and Durant made the team together, but there was never more than two. That's right. You know, because, because I mean, Harden was the sixth man when he was here. So, anyway, um, yeah, he is big. He's awesome. Um, he can really, really play. It's a great draft pick. I, and so, because of that, I think he makes Dort expendable down the line. Well, I'll tell you, we, we saw a couple games when Dort was out, and the defense went down yeah. a lot. But, um, I mean, 
I don't know. You could be right. It, it's going to be hard to say. I mean, there's going to come a time, you know, when it, not everybody's going to be able to play. And then they're going to have to make decisions on what direction do they want to go. You know, who are the players that they might want to put into a trade? Who are the players that uh, they think are going to play legitimate minutes? And uh, I think they're still deciding some of that stuff. I mean, with Giddy, for sure. Giddy and, and Dort, I think, are the two big – I think those are the two big guys where we're going to, you know, see – are they going to be a big part or are they going to be part of the possibility of being in a trade situation? The immediate future of, of Dagnall announcing that SGA is going to, I guess we're calling it load management, um, maybe not playing on a back-to-back, one of the back-to-backs, citing his uh, recovery from injury. But is that what we're getting or is this is it load management for a playoff run or for the opposite? Are you talking about with Gildas Alexander? Yes, yes. Yeah, he. I don't think there's any load management at all with him. I mean, he may he may miss a game or so down the road, but I mean, he he got an injury which was going to hold him out for a while, and then he got you know obviously had to get COVID, I guess. Hmm. You know, with this protocol thing, now they won't even tell us how they say it and everything. You know, I, they're not going to a playoff spot, but they're certainly not tanking. They're just kind of in the middle. They're going out to play and still get these youngsters some experience, get some guys to play together. I mean, you look last night. I mean, they didn't tank at all last night. I mean, Sarich, you know, I think is a really good player, played a decent amount. They had, when when uh, when uh, what's it called? When Utah came back to make the game close, they brought Gilbert Salas back, Andrew back in the game. You know, because I think well, they wanted to win the game, so they're not trying to lose, but they're not. They're not, absolutely not going all out. I mean, you wouldn't see guys like Jang playing if they were going all out. You know, so they're playing guys still to get some experience, but they're trying to win as, as well. I think that they've got a great chance to be in the uh, six, seven, eight range, which I think would be a really good spot. You mentioned uh, not everybody able to play, and, and, and it almost feels like Giddy Dort is they're not the players that say Ibaka and Harden were, but th- there was that choice at some point that the Thunder made to keep Ibaka and ship away Harden. Because of those things, because this isn't going to be an organization that dra- that uh, can can find big time free agents. It's just not going to be. With everything going on with Chet coming back, I think these next two drafts will tell the tale down the line of will the Thunder actually be back to that contending level that they were with Durant and Westbrook, or if they make the wrong choice. I think these two drafts are the most important drafts going forward for the next six or seven years. Yeah, I mean, I think Holmgren's the key, fellas. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think Holmgren is the entire key. If Holmgren is as good as where he was drafted, then they're then I think they'll start making some moves. If not, they may have to do something different. But yeah, they're not going to uh, they're not going to get big free agents. They're just not. They can trade with people, and then they've got some assets. So I don't really. I have no idea two years from now if Dort and Giddy will be big parts of this team, or if they would have gone in a trade somewhere. But I do think that they're going to do some things. I, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't think they're just going to sit around. But next year is a year where you know we're going to figure it out. Next year we're going to find out a lot more about how good this team has. What what kind of chance this team has? This year has been a really good year. You found out a lot about this team. I mean, I keep saying that you have found a star in uh, in Williams in Santa Clara Williams, and then a unbelievable find in Isaiah Joe, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I really, uh, I think that this year has been a really productive year. We've seen him play well. We've seen him play bad. We've seen some guys get better. We've seen guys uh, maybe not being, you know, like a guy like Trey Mann. I just don't think he's part of the future. But, um, yeah, I, I think you've seen some really good stuff happen. So, But next year it's not going to be like this. It's not going to be always. Next year they're going to try to win. Next year it's going to be about winning. So, And that'll be a lot of fun, too. Again, the be able to come on the air and say, gosh, that was a great win, or gosh, that's a bad loss. Because nowadays, none of it really matters very much. Yeah, that's uh, another guy, a couple other guys. Man, Aaron Wiggins is way bigger than he looks on TV. You know, yeah. as, as a guy. They they, 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 yeah, I mean, it's just you see that length and the size. Uh, but uh, it, it's pretty exciting. I think you're right, though. When you look down there and you see Chet and you just you think to yourself, gosh, it would be cool if he was a part of this. Not necessarily because it's going to make it better even, just to see, just to start to get a glimpse of what it's going to be. Yeah, how they're going to play him. 
and he needs to stay healthy. I mean, think. I mean, we can talk all we want, but he hasn't played a game yet because he was hurt. That's yeah. why he hasn't played a game yet. So got to uh, got to get him back for next season. I like Wiggins. I think Wiggins is a really good player too. He's a, but see, we keep talking about this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Well, I mean, you, you can't play 15 dudes. <laughs> That's you know? right. Yeah. So there's going to come a point where they're going to say, okay, this guy is definitely a part of it. And this guy is definitely not a part of it, you know? And I think that that's going to come probably, I don't know, within, it could even come next, uh, next trading deadline. Yeah. So we could be a year away from that. But I think probably we're maybe a year and a half or so away from that. Uh, final question f- about the NBA from me, and I'll let Aaron ask you about women's basketball, um, <laughs> about the, what happened up in Stillwater. But final question, is Dallas, should they be panicking with uh, – I know yesterday they got great production out of Irving and, and uh, Luka, uh, but still in a loss. Is, is it working, or are they just kind of wait and see uh, see what they got there with the pairing in Dallas? I mean, it's. I think it's working, but that doesn't mean they're going to win anything. I mean, they're just so bad defensively. You know, I mean, the, the two of those guys are amazing offensively and they're going to have games like they had the other night where they dropped 82 between. Them. But I got to tell you that they are really, uh, they really, uh, they, the two of them together can really score and they're going to be, boy, that game was so fun. So mm-hmm. fun to watch yesterday, but it's just not going to be, uh, I just don't think that they're going to get to any high level with this team the way they are. They need, they need some better defense. But they are fun to watch. I'm going to watch them, no doubt about that. What is your take on uh, what's happening in Memphis? You know, the, we, we've seen this kind of where in, in the past where the posse almost kind of brings down the player. Um, how much of this do you think was Memphis? How much was John Moran? Or how much it could have even been the NBA kind of stepping in here uh, in that gap and saying, listen, this guy is going to be a future star in this league. We need to rein this in immediately. Well, I mean, the dude has got – he's got problems. Um, and I guess he's, he's openly admitted that he has problems in his statement that he made. I don't know what kind of problem it is. I think the problem is that he wants to act like a gangster, and he's not one. That's what I think. But I'm not there, so I probably shouldn't uh, – just assume something. But, uh, you know, listen, this is, it's interesting because this is literally the third thing. Yeah. Just because this is the one that everybody saw. Um, it, you know, this is the third thing now. You got the one where he beat up the young kid. You got the, uh, the one where they had the uh, laser on the mm-hmm. bus of the Pacers. And then now he's showing this gun on Instagram. So this dude obviously has got some problems. But I will say this, okay, he's really young. Um, hopefully the statement that he put out, which, you know, he probably didn't draw up, but I'm sure that he was a part of, hopefully this statement that he put out there is going to be the truth. Hopefully this is it. Hopefully he's going to say to himself, okay, I got to get away from these people that are around me that are bad seeds and aren't making me a better person. And hopefully his dad will come out and, and kind of uh, say the same thing to him. You know, I mean, this is the problem you got here, fellas. It's just that simple. Uh, he He's acting like he's all big and bad. Well, I think that this should be a long suspension. I really do. I, I think that this should be a long suspension. When I say that, I'm not talking about a year. But I'm just talking about if he's going to get his act together, This is this going to be one of those deals like your boy Tiger, skinny, where he went down to that, quote, <laughs> sex addict thing, yeah. you know, for a week, and now he's better? Right. I don't know. This sounds like there's a problem. And if there's a problem, I would think that this would be a two-week deal at least. You know, at least it would seem that way. He's just lucky that ha- that David Stern is the uh, yep. uh, the commissioner. You know, earlier today, Perk, uh, Perk said some great things. And actually, Stephen A. said some good things, too. But they were talking about Carmelo Anthony when yes. he got in trouble. Remember when he got in trouble? Yes, I, I saw Carmelo did. talking about it, too. It was really yeah. powerful. Yeah, 15 games, remember? Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess David Stern called him into the, into the deal and said, hey, listen, now we, you can go one of two ways. You can go with us. You can be with us. Or you can go your direction, and it's going to be a bad one. And Carmelo, basically, I didn't hear what Carmelo said, but it, didn't he just say basically it was the best thing that ever happened to him, right? Yes, yes, that's exactly. Like, it, it, it was one of those, and it, and it would have only worked the way it worked. Like, he wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked any other way for him to, to tell him 
that way. Like you're either with us or you're going to go the wrong way. Here's the other deal too, Skinny. Listen to this. Perk said this. Perk got in trouble. Don't you remember Perk got in trouble? Perk said, Perk said, and so does Stephen Ace. He said, the, the NBA knows everything about you. They have private investigators. They've got FBI, former FBI agents that work for them. You're not going to get away with stuff. If you think you are, you're not. They're going to find out. So, my gosh, just make your money. I mean, they gave him a signature shoe. You know how many players in the NBA wish they could have a signature shoe? Right. You know, obviously talking about Nike after they got rid of Kyrie. Yeah. So, uh, I, I really loved what Perk was saying today. I really did. Perk was right on the money. He was saying, look, I did the same thing. Danny Ainge called me into his office and said, Everybody knows you're smoking weed. Everybody knows you're doing stuff you're not supposed to do. You, you better get your act together. You know, that's – and Perk listened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he listened right away because I think after that is when he got in trouble down the street. But he did listen. And you know what else he said? He said when he was out of the game for a couple of years, his phone didn't ring. All these dudes that thought he was friends and his partners, uh, did, the phone didn't ring. Then we got back with ESPN, got another job with people talking about it. Suddenly the phone rang again. Yeah. That's what those people are, guys. You're hanging on as want to be with you when you're impressive in your time. So he needs to get rid of those people. You know, the one thing about LeBron, I think you guys might have heard me say this last week. The one thing, I don't like a lot of the things that LeBron says, but the one thing about LeBron is he put good people around him. He knew the people from his childhood that were good friends, people that wanted to see the best for him people that wanted to build a conglomerate. And he got them around him, and look what's happened. You don't ever see LeBron James doing this stuff, right? LeBron James has been in this league for 20 years. He's never done anything like this. And, you know, we always say, well, look how young they are. How young was LeBron? You know, back that was when you could come out of high school, fellas. If people don't remember, there's people alive that don't remember that. So he better figure it out. And I'm serious. If this is a two-game suspension, I'll be disgusted. Because what's he going to learn in two games, right? Come on. Let's be serious. If that if that letter that he wrote is true on how he really feels, then this should be every bit of a two-week deal. Anybody, either one of y'all disagree with me on this? No, because it, it, it with with the way that that statement read, uh, with all the different, like, like you said, you put, brought up Carmelo. That's exactly where I was headed. Uh, with those, you know, that length of that, ex- that suspension that mattered to him, and, and it and it forced him to actually take a look in the mirror and change. Two games isn't doing that. It, it, it's just like uh, setting down <laughs> the night, the second night of a back to back, and then rolling your ankle or something. It doesn't. It doesn't do the trick in changing somebody's behavior. It, it's just not going to. And you, you know, you, there's there's. There's both sides of this. I mean, you got the Allen Iversons, you've got the Carmelo Anthony's, the Perks that kind of were down the wrong path and got on the right one, and then there's a whole bunch of others that never did. Uh, and in the the NBA, it's weird how it's kind of the league that's littered with those from from the '80s with cocaine all through you know the different things throughout the years. It just seems like this, this comes up with their stars more than any other league out there. Yeah, it does. And and listen, some of these kids grew up tough. In tough lives, mm-hmm. and even if you didn't grow up in a tough life, a lot of money is a is a is a is a tough deal to deal with, fellas. Especially when you're young, it just is. And so, you gotta have the right people around you. I, I gotta tell you, I don't know how much to blame his father is, but I sure as heck would hope his father would realize what's going on here and kind of step in. You know, I mean, I I would I would hope so. I would hope that he would come in now and go, hey, look. Um, this is it. You're, you know, you've, you've messed around. You've had a good time. Now it's time to grow up, right? I mean, you would think that he would be a part of that. No but, doubt. I mean, no I don't. Doubt. I mean, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know the dynamics of that family. What I do know is, again, I'll say it again. He is really, really lucky that David Stern is not the commissioner because this would not be a two-game suspension. I think. I think he'd have been suspended a, a while ago. Yeah. I think he would have. I think David Stern would have been interviewing everybody that played in that basketball game at his house last summer and it would have happened way before this Winghorst today said that the, the, that night he got a call from a Hall of Fame basketball player and told him all about what happened so you know the NBA knew way back then yeah. they just didn't want to do anything about it now that it got out what are they going to do like I said David Stern would have done something about this 
we probably wouldn't be talking about this. Adam Silver is the biggest sissified commissioner I've ever seen in my life. And I guess, you know what, fellas, maybe you have to be. Maybe the players have become so powerful now that maybe you can't have a Damon Stern. Maybe not. I remember Bart Giamatti, you know? It's mm-hmm. a little bit different, but Bart Giamatti, who was the uh, commissioner of baseball, when they were when they were fighting, the Players Association and the, and the owners were fighting with each other, Bart Giamatti took the side of the players on a couple of things. The owners were livid. Yeah. Livid. They got rid of him, you know, because he stood up to him. Maybe if, if, if you had a David Stern nowadays, maybe if you stood up to the players, maybe they'd just say you're gone. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can't have a David Stern. I do know that Adam Silver is so weak. He is so just, I don't know, get his paycheck and let everybody else run the league kind of guy. And you see what happens with this. Now it's the third time that this dude has been in trouble. And interestingly enough, all three times it seemed like a gun has been involved. Yeah. I'll tell you this, fellas. He better watch out because uh, he's going to do it to the wrong person. He's going to get shot. Just going to say. Going to get shot. What do you make of what happened at Texas Tech? Uh, I mean... I don't know. Gosh, if, if he really was referencing a Bible verse, and now that's – I mean, in my mind, when, when you go back to those times, even if you want to talk about the slave and their master, that didn't have anything to do with racial anything. Okay. I'm losing you again, Skinny. I don't know okay. what happened. There. Just the Texas Tech. Do you have I'm, any idea what's going on? I'll just, I'll just comment real quick. Um, two things happened to Texas Tech. You have Adams who, look, I love it when people quote the Bible. Right. I think it's a great thing. He just shouldn't have brought up the slavery part, dude. I mean, you know, nowadays it's just too sensitive. It just is. He shouldn't have done it. Um, do I think that we're oversensitive at times? I do. I have no problem. Some of the stuff that he brought up from the Bible was wonderful. But that shouldn't have been it. You, you can't, as a white coach, talk about slavery to a young African-American player, guys. You just can't. Um. And then as far as what happened on the basketball court, I got no idea what happened. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what happened. The dude that I've been talking about the whole season that I liked and has been proved me wrong, proved me right, Asbury. Yeah. I think Asbury is a player. He can shoot it. So, yeah, they somehow they went down there and won the game. I'm sorry I didn't hear your whole question because you're kind of going out a little bit. But, um, yeah, two things down happened in Lubbock, right? Yes. Two things. Yes, and uh, looking at Lenardi's updated bracketology from last night, he still has Oklahoma State in the first four out. Man, it's yeah. I, I find it hard to believe an eight and ten team in the Big Twelve won't make the tournament. Well, the, it, Tram talks about it all the time. It's those games early, you know. With what you know, like was it Oakland? Who they lose to early? It was Oakland or somebody. I can't remember, but I guess the beginning of the season doesn't matter as, as being in the best league in, in the country. Uh, look, I don't know, man. What I know is, is this is, if this league is as, as tough as they say it is, are you going to tell me that only seven teams are going to get in? I mean, I think I think the Big Ten has like nine teams in. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? How does the how does the Big Twelve get seven? I mean, I just don't understand how in the world you can't. I, I don't know. I can't. I I would think that Oklahoma State, if they beat OU on Wednesday, they're in. I would think. But who knows? You know, I, they play Texas the next day if they win. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think that's right. Yes. I don't know. What, I'm sorry. I don't know what you said. But anyway, um, I hope you guys can hear me okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I, okay. I just I, if they beat OU, in my opinion, they should be in. I mean, that's a. I know that it's not. I read on the online where it said you're on the road. It's a quadrant win on the road, but you did beat the team that's tied for last in the league. Well. I understand that, but a bunch of other teams went down there and lost, right? So, I don't know. It's a weird deal. It's a weird deal for me. But, oh, and listen, if all you're in, it's your own fault. It's not your fault, my fault. It's not even Lenardi's fault. Not the committee's fault. You just one of those home games, and they would have guaranteed they'd get in. What was it, Kansas, Kansas State, and uh, what was the third one? Baylor. TCU, right? Baylor. Baylor. That's right, Baylor. All you got to do is win one of those three games. You're nine and nine, and you're guaranteed it. So they blew it on their home floor. That's all there is to it. But I would, I still think if they win on Wednesday, I would think that they're going to be in. I, I, I really would think that they're in. So, but you never know. You never know in this crazy 
crazy world. And then if they are in, what they're probably going to play in Dayton, aren't they, on Tuesday? Yeah, if they don't win, if they don't beat Texas, then yeah, I think they'd have to play on Dayton on Tuesday. Yeah, well, that'll be fun. At least we'll something to watch on that Tuesday night. That's exactly right. Hey, Jim. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, what uh, Wakeley's on with the podcast this week? The podcast. The podcast is unbelievable, fellas. Everybody, you guys, you have to. If you haven't listened to a podcast, you got to listen to this one. It's a two-parter. With Kit Wakeley, for people that don't know, he's my friend, longtime friend. The music at the beginning of my show is from him. Um, he won a Grammy just about a month and a half ago, and it's him and his wife. It is an unbelievable story about adoption and family, and oh, just incredible, incredible. So yeah, it'll be great. Uh, it comes up today. Uh, yeah, today the Julian Jim Turner podcast. You get it to sportsanimal.com slash podcast or anywhere where you can get podcasts. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Have a, have a good week. All right, fellas. Thanks. See you. Ultimate Jim Traber joining us here on a Monday. We may have to go outside next time. It's I'm telling warm enough. I, I, I like that idea. And be able to get out of the, the metal building yeah. uh, a, aspect of this. Hey, by the way. It's a great idea. You know what we forgot to mention? Um, uh, well, we mentioned all the tournaments. We mentioned um, – Terry Archer? Is that it? Is no, that, not today. No? Okay. What is it? It's what did we forget? Today. What did we forget? We forgot to mention the winner oh, of right. the eight for state. It came down to Lomega and Hammond. If Hammond wins, we have one winner. If Lomega wins, we had a different winner. With Hammond winning, the winner of the Tucker Family Beef prize pack for the high school basketball playoffs is... Sean Ham. Not fair. He's a coach. That's exactly what his brother-in-law <laughs> said. He picked he he picked every single state champion correct. He had all four of them uh, on Saturday. All four predictions were correct. So congratulations to Sean Ham. He is our winner of the eight for state. Also uh, on the text line here, shout out to all the livestock showing kids in OKC the next couple of weeks. Kids and parents and teachers traveling. Everyone keep safe we we saw that firsthand as the beginnings of getting set up for that getting ready on saturday uh, here in the fairground the the fairground area it's um and prayers to all the parents and patrons who are going out there you're going to do a lot of walking because of the parking and it's going to be a little crazy if uh have patience is all i'm saying if you want to chance it of getting your vehicle towed you can text me and i'll tell you how to get in (laughs) to a really good spot there at the big house no uh, i don't know man we do we want to reveal the secret there probably not we still got another year year. that's exactly never mind i'll I'll tell you about it after it's over yeah yeah i'm not going to tell you in case everybody finds out where how much is this information worth to you you know maybe we can do something like that yeah there you go that's exactly right also i will have the western oklahoma realty um bracket challenge coming up as we're into conference championship week obviously that'll be coming up we'll get that set up that way everybody can kind of get uh signed up and then you know it's pretty hectic in there from sunday when the when the brackets are released to picking games, you know that week. Uh, so I'll, I'll work on getting that. I got an email about that the other day. So uh, we'll get that set up and we'll play again. Uh, Western Oklahoma Realty Bracket Challenge. Figure out a prize between now and then. Also, all right. Anything else? State tournaments. Congratulations. Uh, the Weatherford Eagles are in the 4A boys state tournament. Uh, the 2A boys. Hobart is in there. The Bearcats will play on Tuesday against Preston. And we'll talk more tomorrow. Just, man, what a heartbreaker out at Merritt uh, for the Oilerettes to not be able to be involved in the 2A state tournament tomorrow. Just uh, a bad, picked a bad time to play probably their worst two games of the season. So that really stinks for them uh, as they had a, a really, really good season going and come up short of obviously what their goal would have been going into Friday night last week against Hooker. So we'll hit that. We'll look uh, kind of preview some of those state tournaments coming up. Uh, I'm sure still wrapping up some of this stuff from this weekend as well. All kinds of things coming up tomorrow. But uh, thanks to the folks here at Sayre National. Don't forget, still playing Saturday scrambles. Uh, you've also got the courses closed on Wednesday, so don't come out Wednesday, Aeration of the Greens. Skinny on Sports on location at Sayre National on 98.1 FM D Sport 10. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is...
Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The Sports Bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.